station now number one for podcasting from the jethro's barbecue studios ask about the friday kxno lunch special this is des moines sports station 106.3 kxno the psas you hear on miller and condon and iHeartMedia media des moines are presented in part by nick mick we take care of our own now here's miller and condon ken miller Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us. Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we will do the following. At the bottom of the hour, our friend Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com uh, will join us. A lot of ground to cover with Tom. Last night's uh, Michigan game, Ohio State tomorrow. Some football conversation sprinkled in as well with the Ken O'Keefe news from uh, yesterday. So Tom Kakert coming up. Good spot with Tom at about uh, 10.30. Off to Vegas, we'll go at 11.05 with our friend Mike Palm from Circus Sports. His normal Friday spot. We'll catch up with... Circa uh, on the Super Bowl, etc. How it went for well for them and for most of the properties out there. It did not set a record here in the state of Iowa as far as handle. We'll tell you about that in a minute as well. Thought that it would, were mistaken. It came under the projected numbers. Uh, so Mike Palm at eleven oh five, and then Dave Sproul. We'll talk Iowa State with us. Iowa State entertaining uh, Oklahoma tomorrow. Where of the Big Four, they're the only favorites this weekend, right? Yes. Iowa gets points. Uh-huh. Well, Panthers are essentially a pick. Yeah, it's one point at Ken Pomeroy right now. So We'll make that a pick for Claxons, which we should tell you or remind you, I guess, that we'll give away barbecue or a chance to win barbecue about 11.45. And then Drake's getting a handful. Nine. Nine. Well, they're at Loyola. At Loyola, right. Um <laughs> tough spot. Yeah, indeed it is a tough spot. Uh, and Iowa State is a about a three-point favorite over Oklahoma. Both games, the Hawks are at 12-30. The Clones are at 1. I hope West Virginia is in the early window, whatever station <laughs> Iowa State is on. Kind of get some separation between Iowa and uh, Iowa State. It'd be nice if they could get it to halftime in a perfect world. But we don't live one there, one thirty for the two games. One and one thirty. Oklahoma, Iowa State at one one thirty for Iowa, Ohio See, I thought, State. Why did are you, are you sure? You're That's not, what's listed here. All right, I'll I'll believe you. I'll believe you. Um, regardless, there is a half hour separation between the two of them. So that's where we should start. We should start with Michigan and Iowa from yesterday. A, a, a game that a lot of folks feel. Um, is maybe going to, when we look back, be the demise of the Big Ten tournament or the uh, NCAA tournament hopes for Iowa? I'm not sure I can go there yet. There is still a lot out there. Uh huh. You still have games that would improve your standing. Now, I think the biggest reason is because people look at this resume. What's their best win? What, Iowa's best. I, win? What's Iowa's best win on the resume right now? Ooh. Um, Home to Indiana. A bubblish team, yeah, beating Utah State in a neutral mm-hmm. a team that is outside. Mm-hmm. A win against Virginia on the road. Virginia is seventy eighth right now yep. in the net rating. Yep, that's what you're talking about. The flimsy resume that Iowa has. No quad once, and if that remains a goose egg, or even if it gets to one, mm-hmm. 
that's going to be the difficult nature of this. Advanced metrics love this team. Yep. They're still 21st to Kempom. Net rating's still good. They're still in good where, where, shape there. Where are they this morning? Did, in, they, did they fall? How many? What did they fall from uh, yesterday? Because they were in the late te- upper teens, right? 18 were they yesterday? Something like that. Let's see. They were 19 yesterday. They are 21st today in so NCAA's big, net. So not a big, yeah. They, they still love them. But that goose egg, now mm-hmm. 0-6 mm-hmm. in quad one games. And that's where you go. Because ultimately, we hear most years from the selection committee chairman that says, regardless of who it is, when you get to these bubble teams, we want teams we know can beat NCAA tournament teams. They haven't proven that. No, they haven't. And if they're not nope. able to prove that the rest of the year, and they lose to Ohio State, mm-hmm. and they lose at home to Michigan State, and they beat Nebraska, mm-hmm. and they beat Northwestern, they win those two games, and then lose at Michigan and Illinois, that goose egg's going to remain. Mm-hmm. And because of that... Trent, there's a chance they might get through their schedule without beating a tournament team. And if that's the case... Regardless of what these metrics say, uh-huh. it is going to be very difficult yeah. for the committee to put them in because you have to prove that you can beat NCAA mm-hmm. tournament teams. That's what they ask. And, and Michigan, by the way, is not in the tournament, no. according to Lenardi. Right. That's a problem, mm-hmm. right? That's a big-time problem. So I think that's where a lot of people got frustrated last night. Again, it's not a metrics thing. It's that goose egg. That is the biggest thing that stands out when you look at the resume, when you look at the team sheet that you can find, all those different things, that zero is impactful. They beat up on terrible teams. Mm-hmm. They can beat average teams. But you have to beat good teams, and Iowa still has not proven that they can do that this year. And if that remains, it's going to be sweating come Selection Sunday. But they're going to have, they still got opportunities. They do. Which, right. is, which is the good thing. Now, they have to obviously take advantage of those opportunities. It remains to be seen. So where did it go wrong yesterday? The missed dunks, the missed free throws, um... I thought Bohannon was hacked at the end. I thought he got him on his elbow. Look, it was maybe a two-shot. Well, I don't know. I don't know what he was hoping for. He was behind the three, so would they have given him three free throws? He was in the process of shooting. He was, and he was clearly hacked. And you know what? With that much time left on the clock, I mean, what are, what are your options, right? He felt he knew. I mean, even I think it was Crispin said it uh, when they were inbounding the ball. Michigan is going to foul here. Mm-hmm. Michigan. Everybody knew. Um, the players knew. Iowa players knew. And Brooks slipped there. He was going to foul him right he away. He did. He did slip. And but he did ultimately um, come and get him. Was that him or I was think that it a different was? Player? I think okay. it was Brooks. Fifty-five. I'm pretty sure. And Bohanna did the right thing when he felt the contact. No, he shot I, the basketball. You said hacked. I don't think he was hacked. He was touched. Okay, we'll split he, hairs. Right. Regardless, there was contact. Yes. And when you feel that contact... On the elbow, which obviously is going to alter the shot big time. When you know the situation there, that's what you do. Hoist. Mm -hmm. Fire it up there. And hopefully you get the call. And they'll say it's not on the ground. It was during the shooting motion. Get three free throws. So he did the right thing. There's people killing Bohannon yeah, for launching from there. No, it's when, Jordan Bohannon. That's why he's getting killed. When, if, if, right. it was, yeah, if it was Keegan Murray, what a great play. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's thinking. Right. If it was basically anybody else right. on the team. but That's yeah. the way it goes. That's... What, Bohannon, when you've been around six years? (laughs) Those arrows are going to continue to come. So he made the right basketball play. You say hacked, I say touched. Mm -hmm. There was contact. Let's go with contact then. I didn't... I wasn't fired up about the call. I wasn't upset. The non-call. The non-call, right. right, That there wasn't a call there at the end. Look, Iowa got a good whistle in the last four minutes of that game. Yeah. When they got the ball and a chance to tie it up with Keegan Murray, who had a great look. Mm Mm-hmm. And that thing was halfway down Mm -hmm. and bounced out. I mean, that is, talk about a game of inches. That was inches away from tying that thing up. Got a great look there, but they shouldn't have had the ball. There was an obvious foul (laughs) across the arm. 
and then it deflected off of Michigan, and Iowa gets the ball back. So Iowa got a good whistle there. Before that, you know, they both did. teams kind of got away with some. Uh, oh, absolutely! That, it was that, not a well officiated game, uh, but it was bad on both sides. It, that's just it was consistent, consistently bad. Sure, and that's okay as <laughs> right. long as it's going both for both teams, yeah. right? Iowa gets two fouls on Dickinson. They get two fouls on Diabate. Mm-hmm. Who was, by the way, the difference in the basketball game. He was excellent. Uh-huh. And Iowa did not have an answer, and it didn't matter nope. who they tried to put on him. He was right there. Dickinson passed the ball incredibly well. You know when he passed the ball, Trent? When, when Iowa would go to double him. Mm-hmm. And he would... Now, he got it. He got uh, turned over a couple of times. Uh, I don't remember who picked it off. But for the most part, he just throw it over top of it, and boom, wide open three. Yeah. And Michigan wasn't hitting the threes. That's no, it's a good thing. thing. And that's why I characterize this as a bad loss. Michigan didn't play that well. They're 420 from three. Mm-hmm. Dickinson didn't go off for 35. Nope, not by any means. It wasn't one of those. Yeah, you had Bufkin, who scored 10, guy averaged three points yep. a game. All Houston right. wasn't great. No. it. Michigan didn't play well. I didn't walk away and say, boy, that Michigan team, here they come. Yeah. Iowa. See, I, I went into it thinking they're better than we think that they are, and they're kind of right where the record says they are, right in the middle of the pack. Don't yeah. forget, they were picked to win. Were they not? They were. They, they were, were picked to win it. Yeah. Right. Preseason poll had uh-huh. them tied for first right. coming into the season. They were preseason top five. I know, which is crazy. Now, the f- recruiting class that they brought in, people anticipated they were going to be better. Mm-hmm. They thought that... Well, Debate for one. Yeah, and Caleb Houston was going to be from the get-go, and he sure. hasn't scored it well this season. And they got a couple other guys out of that freshman class that aren't even playing right now. So I think that was the thought process. They were just going to be able to replace it and go, Eli Brooks is not a number two. No, you know, he's, When he's no. your fifth best player, no. you're in good shape. Yep. When he's your second best player, yep. you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. They're okay. They're not great. Yep. That's another frustrating angle here. This was a very winnable game at home. You let it get away. So now you got to find another one. And it might you have gotta, to be on the road. Trent, you have to. Absolutely. And you got a chance to do it tomorrow afternoon. Is that uh, a good thing? Quick turnaround, just flush it, yeah, get I back think on so. the floor? I, I, I think so. It's not like they're tired. No, I, w- I hope not. Well, he got a cramp issue, I guess, well, with Keegan. Keegan. Yeah. yeah, with Keegan. Boy, it's a different team when he's not in the basketball game, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. We talked the other day. Is Brockington as important as anybody in college basketball to their team? There's a kid in the same state that's pretty important to his <laughs> yeah. uh, as well. And we saw it when he was out yesterday. Yeah, I missed a couple of dunks. You Was he fouled, you think, when he was on, on those dunk attempts? I think on both of them, yeah. There was, was, there was contact Patrick again. wasn't when he tried to throw no. it down with the left hand. I thought he played well. I mean, he's sick as a dog. Right. Didn't start All the second All day long, half. right. And gutted it out, went yeah. out there. Little tough misquote quotient. Mm-hmm. Here's the most surprising number to me. Uh, looking at the box score at the end, one of the only guys that had a plus, plus minus number. Who? Connor. Was he? Yeah. How about the pass at the end of the first half, the length yeah. of the floor uh, to Keegan, who turns around, tick tick tick, in good. Uh, but that, that was pretty big. At least it you was. felt it was going to be pretty big uh, at the time. And the missed dunks, okay, frustrating. The missed but layups free- too. Well, layup and free throws. That's it. You know, when Michigan started to get a little bit of breathing room, mm-hmm. think got up five. Keegan goes to the line for two, misses both. And just, yeah, it felt like those free throws not only were missed mm-hmm. free throws, but they were missed at big times yep. throughout the second half. And I think that was his fifth and sixth free throws attempts of the game when, when he missed them both. Sounds about right. Yeah. They can get well, it back tomorrow. They can. They can. Ohio State is not a world beater. No, they got a really good player in Liddell. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he and is. him versus Keegan, that's going to be fun. Uh-huh. As long as Keegan's right, that's going to be a really fun matchup to see. Now, of course, you got Arns out there who He's... is awful 28 games a year. The two against Iowa, <laughs> yeah, the dude on, is right? automatic. He'll probably hit eight threes tomorrow and mm-hmm. 82, 50. Mm-hmm. Here's the final. Mm-hmm. And frustrations will abound. But And they just pounded that Michigan team in Ann Arbor. Yes. I mean, pounded them. 
So we will see on that front. But then it's a quick turnaround again. It's Michigan State on Tuesday. We're going to know a lot. By Wednesday, Tuesday night, we're going to know, is this a tournament team? Do they still have a chance? You go 0-3 in this stretch. I don't want to throw dirt on them, but I don't see them going to Illinois and winning. I don't see them going to Michigan and winning. I don't see them making a run in the Big Ten tournament. Well, it's never been kind to them. No, it hasn't. Trying to get Maybe to that this is the semifinal. Year. I don't know. It's been a bugaboo. Going back to the Dr. Tom days. Outside of Steve Alford, he was the only one that could win in the Big Ten tournament. A couple of them, right. Yeah. So we, we'll, we'll see. All right. Uh, Iowa State, uh, they got an opportunity to Morse to solidify their resume. Oklahoma pays a visit. Uh, this was a good basketball game in Norman for, what, 32 minutes until uh, that was really the first time that all season long, that Iowa State looked a little discombobulated out on the floor late in that game when Oklahoma seemingly couldn't miss. And Iowa State just, for whatever reason, um, you know, their their game plan went awry. And their hustle that they'd shown all every game up until that point, it just wasn't the same late in the game. But they got a chance to return the favor and do so in front of Hilton. It's going to be a big day at Hilton Coliseum. The women play tomorrow night, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's... You know, I'm, I've, I think I told you and Scott Knock this uh, before we went on the air yesterday. I see a lot of Twitter about Iowa State fans trying to get tickets to tomorrow night to see Fenley's crew. Big packed up or Hilton for both games. For both, yeah. Fun environment. What are the game? Well, we, one o'clock for the men, right? Is it a seven o'clock? Yeah, game? I'm, I'm guessing that would be the case. How about that day? Go yeah. watch the first game. Go mm-hmm. grab a couple of beers afterwards. Yep. Grab some dinner, and then head right back to Hilton. For a lot of them, that'll That's be a the good case. Saturday. That will be, and the weather too. Yes. Did you see that tomorrow? Love it. I mean, not that that matters. They'd be there anyways. Mm-hmm. They just uh, won't be complaining about that and walk into the north wind to get to the... And I get it, because it is brutal. It is. It is a brutal, brutal walk. Anyways, uh, baseball news, Trent. They, the owners and the players met yesterday. 15 minutes. 15 minutes, which is the time that you know a lot of folks get their coffee break, and it goes by <laughs> so fast, and you're back uh, at your post. That's how long they got together yesterday to discuss the... Uh, the labor dispute. Uh, you've got to be kidding me. I thought we, they would maybe sense the urgency in this mm-hmm. and read the tea leaves as far as nobody cares what you're doing. Get this figured out or you're going to lose a lot of us, uh, meaning fans. They won't lose me. I'm in for life. They won't lose you. You're no. in for life. Nope. But there's not enough of us. Right. We're hardcore. Yes. We're going to be there every single time and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And they can fight. And they you, can complain. You can do whatever you want to me and piss me off. Right. Uh, I'm going to black back. out my games. I'll tr- hopefully the next night I get it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I bet you about it, sure. But will I be looking for it the next night? Without a doubt. Will you complain about guys wearing jackets during the summer heat and bad umpiring? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that will be there. Oh, the broadcasters. <laughs> <laughs> when I was dropping off Ella on Wednesday, and I heard you bring that up again with Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Did I? I think <laughs> I did. Didn't I? Did. Oh, no, they, they signed. Yeah, that's good news. I like that crew. Well, we talked a little bit about yeah. that. Uh, One of the things I was le- reading uh, Jeff Passan's article at ESPN. Oh, I haven't read it yet. He's a really good writer. Him and uh, Jesse Rogers, I think, uh-huh. collaborated on it. ESPN and, Chicago? Uh, here's how it starts. Major League Baseball and MLB Players Association intend to hold multiple bargaining sessions, perhaps every day, as early as Monday, sources told ESPN's Jeff Passan. And it was just the perhaps every day, the perhaps. Yeah. Can't you just say we will? Can you just, just do it? Is that too much? Even if it's 15 minutes every day, just, mm-hmm. just meet. We're You're there. We're going to get together. Can maybe give you a proposal. You give us one. By the way, Dave Sproul just uh, sent me a text. Iowa State women, 6 o'clock. 6 tomorrow. o'clock. Good to know. Yes. Good to know. Those kind of things. Just the wording leaves you shaking your head. What are they doing? 
They're all getting together, right? You know. But you can't meet every day? If you think. Are you working on the proposal that much in the interim that you can't meet with the other side? It, I don't get it. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a negotiator. I don't understand mm-hmm. this part of it, but why it is so difficult for this to come together. I, I don't understand it, Trent. I never will. Um, uh, uh, Cappy, if you, if you heard Cappy when you're dropping off Ella for the second straight week, mm-hmm. he reminded me of the conversation he had with a baseball agent. He says, you know, come talk to us in June. Flag day. That's right, flag day. That's, what, that's right, flag day. That's what he said. Man, if that's the case, that will be brutal. June 14th. So we'll get the Masters. That'll get us to the second week in April after the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, we'll be coming down the stretch in the NBA and the NHL. Full right. coverage tomorrow morning at 10. <laughs> uh, uh, college baseball? Of course, we only have one team left in the true. state. And we, you're not going to call Sipple to get a run down on Nebraska, <laughs> right. as much as I love Stephen M. We, the spring Derby, football? the first Saturday oh, in May, spring, first right. spring football will indeed. Yeah. And thank you, Iowa State, for holding those three Friday night back-to-back-to-back practices. Ames. Um, Gilbert. Gilbert, yep. And then uh, Des Moines East. Iowa will open it up a couple of times, I would think. Mm-hmm. Maybe introduce the new quarterback's coach. Tony Ripiopi. You don't want that, do you? No. <laughs> I don't get it. There's got to be better candidates out there. Well, I hope they're doing some due diligence, mm, right? Probably not. That's not the way Iowa does things. Doesn't feel. Just see just see what's out there. See if you can you know, get somebody. Think out of the box. Maybe you think out of the box. But then maybe you come back to your safe place. And you take the easy way out, but at least, you know, attempt. I, I'm with you, Trent. Don't take the easy way out. Trent. Look around, see if, if there are other options out there, maybe uh, better options out there. All right, we will uh, go to the phones here momentarily. Get, get Jeff in here. He's been patient. In fact, let's do that right now. Tom Kakert coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, this is the last day, uh, folks. For this iHeart promotion, win $1,000, that slam dunk. We've got a keyword coming up here in a few minutes, uh, one in the 11 o'clock hour as well, and then Murph and Andy. Uh, and the Fanatics have keywords all afternoon long. Jeff joins the program. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? What's up? Hey, so I'm watching that game last night, and Trent, I just want to bounce a couple things off, or you tell me if I'm kind of spot on. So first thing, second half, Dickerson's got three fouls. And I believe we went, you know, four or five, you know, times, not in a row, but, you know, we gave it a shot with both Murrays. Barack got in there for, you know, some dunks. And I believe we missed all five. Now, I believe there was some contact there. Mm-hmm. But with those not going down, the momentum was building. If we had a couple of those fall, I think it really pushes us, you know, in a different direction. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was okay. the right game plan. It was the right scheme. It was the right idea. Both those guys had three fouls. You go after them inside, try to get that fourth, get them off the floor. Did they ever get the fourth on either of them? I don't, no. Yeah. I don't think Both ended with three um, fouls, boy. Now, here's the next point, Trent. Um, you know, the middle of that second half. I do body head I four. believe we're. Oh, did he? Okay. Yep. Um, in the middle of that second half, we're in that three quarter court press, whatever. Not really getting any ball deflections, not really, you know, pressuring them enough. But then it was about a minute and a half, two minutes to go. We extended, mm-hmm. we go full. And we're getting some turnovers, yep. that urgency. Again, now, that, I believe that, to me, that's coaching and not getting those kids with that urgency there to have that pressure to get some steals. Do you agree with that, uh, you know, a little side or not really? I do. I've always wanted Iowa to have more pressure under Fran and with this group, and especially when you got that second unit out there. When you have Euless out there, good defensive player, Tucson out there, those kind of guys, 
Chris Murray, I think with his length and athleticism, I would like to see them not full-time, but pretty close to it when he got, especially the second unit, when Bohannon's on the bench. Yeah, go a lot more three-quarter and full-court pressure because you're right. I don't think, Jeff, they pushed that button early enough in the game. Now, my last point, and we can agree to disagree, but that second-to-last possession, I know we had a we had a good look with Murray. Now, mm-hmm. Murray's been fighting cramps. I would have rather got a quick two, extended the game. You, you know, they that last free-throw attempt, they did miss, and that's when Euless got that layup. Um, not a bad shot. Now, if we're picking and choosing, I would have rather went to the hole there than shot a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I get that strategy, Jeff, I, but, but, but Keegan had a wide-open look. Yeah. You mean... Yeah, Jeff, Cramps thanks for not, the call. Appreciate it as always. Cramps or not, yeah, that's he had a one. good look. You got a good look from mm-hmm. your All-American. Mm-hmm. Guy that can shoot the ball well. Did you think Sanford looked like a freshman for the first time in a while last night? No, he just missed shots. No, he had a couple of turnovers, too. Like, yeah, he, he did. Was, he was kind of... But his drive was excellent. Yeah. The one bucket he made. There was the... he tried. I think he kind of deferred a little bit to the veterans, to the upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. I think that was because he was missing shots, too. Maybe. He was hitting him because he's usually very aggressive. Oh, look at I bought stock in Peyton Sanford. Yeah. You know, I'm not selling by any means. I just thought last night uh, maybe he looked not, not, not out of place because he's not a place he belongs. I He didn't shoot it well, mm-hmm. but I thought as he looks like there's more to his game. In fact, la- even last night when he didn't play well, mm-hmm. it wasn't he just out there to shoot. It looked like there was more out there. He's got like he's got to get a little bit more selfish because I thought he deferred a couple of times. Yeah, and I think that might have been just the missed shots that he maybe, had. maybe so. A little confidence that maybe dissipated. Yeah. He's fine. Get him more minutes. Well, like what? What do you want? Was what, what, he played like averaging seventeen or something the last two games? Is that what? Well, then I that's think fine. so. That's yeah. what's where he wants to be, right? Yeah. I think that's where he should be. They got something in this kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not selling my stock for one minute, not even entertaining it. We will do this. Uh, Tom Caker's going to join us more on this game coming up on the other side, football uh, as well. Uh, at 11.05, Mike Palm will join us from Circa. By the way, Circa's coming back. Did you see that? I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Early March, they're going to be back here. At Wellman's. In West Des Moines. The second and the third. So that's the weekend. That's the final weekend of the regular season in college basketball. It's the Missouri Valley Conference Championship weekend in St. Louis. How about that? A little afternoon? I'm guessing the hoops will be on in full display at Wellman's in West Des Moines, so I'm sure they'll bring all the gear back. Uh, Yes, and uh, get hooked up and wear my Circus sweatshirt here today. Awesome gear that they have there. Breaking news. Yes, and not good news either. The college football playoff announces the format will remain at four teams through the 2025 season. Abandoning, abandoning efforts for the 12-team playoff. That's from Ralph Russo of the AP. That sucks. Well, it does, but it's 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 uh, the television contracts are playing a huge role in this with the expiration of all of them and, yep. and at different times. I kind of get why they're doing that. Look, selfishly, who doesn't want to see more football, right? And if you could start this this uh, this coming December, that would work out well. But they won't. They're going to make us wait until 2026 at the earliest. Now, 2026, it'll be here. It will be. Because yeah. they'll have negotiated all of those contracts. Mm-hmm. Boy, the more I read about the Big Ten, they're on they're easy street. Fat city here for these dudes. And a lot of people are wondering the reason that the Big Ten has worked together with the ACC and the Pac-12. This is one of the main reasons. Because it appeared it was full bore into 12-team. And who is going to have all those games because of the contracts? ESPN. Mm-hmm. And the Big Ten said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's yeah, hold we on. We can get more money if we get them away from, some, right. from ESPN. And yeah, ESPN's been good for us, but maybe we can get more cash. And that's, I think, been uh-huh. one of the biggest reasons that this thing has been halted. 
Because they don't need the ACC and the Pac-12. No. They don't need them, this no. alliance that... No, it's the other them. way around. The ACC right. and the Pac-12 need the Big Ten. But they wanted more members kind of on their side. Uh-huh. They said, all right, come with us. We'll help you out. Make sure you're voting our way. Right. We're going to pump the brakes. And we're That's not what it let... is. They're going in with a with uh, their voices in unison. This is not going to be ESPN SEC. Nope. We're going to have this be about all five of us conferences. No doubt. By the way, just one more note on the game. How about Jawan Howard coming on? Oh, on the floor? What was he thinking? <laughs> well, he wasn't. Yeah. Well, he was. How do they call a kickball on that though? Well, it was a kickball. Right. It absolutely was a kickball. So uh, Jawan Howard. Yeah, it's kickball. Right. He's going to pick it up. He's going to do him a solid here, get the ball back in. And then his reaction to it, I thought that was priceless. And there was a picture of him and Connor side by side, both kind of having a chuckle, which is pretty good. Anyways, a class B technical. That's why he was not ejected. Precisely because he'd just been teed up not too many minutes before that. Uh, time for the $1,000 slam dunk. Final day. Does the streak remain intact? What streak is that? Well, there's been a whole bunch of winners in this building. Sadly, none of them on kicks. No, not that we're you know, disappointed that folks are winning on the bus. Right, right. News Radio 1040 WHO or KISS 107.5 FM. But the good guys have been blanked. KXNO.com. Enter the keyword pay. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Tom Caker, next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Systems.com. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. You've been following this Phil Mickelson saga with the alternate tour, and he's joining uh, the Saudi Arabians that are going to come up with an alternate tour, an alternate tour to the PGA. Have you read a, it at all? A little bit. i got to get more into it. Are you going to watch that, or are you going to watch what of we course. saw last weekend in well, Scottsdale? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Where's Tiger playing? <laughs> In Saudi Arabia, that's right, where I'll be right. too. We know they killed Khashoggi. They have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? Well, he is. He's in. Money. <laughs> Unbelievable. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. We should maybe get pick Matt Rudy's brain on that at some point next yes. week. And we've been asked to look more into this Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Was there something there? I haven't seen anything definitive. A lot of rumblings, though. Well, I'll say, but you know what? It's sports, right? You're gonna, you're, you're, you're just coming off the field with a disappointing end of the first half, mm-hmm. where you had no chance. Well, it's Tyreek Hill. Maybe had a chance. That's <laughs> not quite fair, but it didn't go your way. And I mean, that's that's not the first time a coach and a quarterback have gotten each other's face. That's the reason that he's getting. I, there's got to be more to the story. I wonder. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. We will uh, put those on the back burner for now as we take a look at, uh, go back to last night, look ahead to tomorrow, and do some football as well. How are you, Tom? Good. Yeah, you guys are on the golf thing. That's an interesting story because it sounds like the Saudis are just going to give them a boatload of money. Is that what it is? Yeah. Right in a blank yeah, check? Yeah, they're just going to give them guaranteed money to wow. come play. Plus, you're, plus then you're playing the tournament, so... That's why it's attractive to them. Yeah. Boy, I don't know if I'd hitch my wagon to that group, but to each their own, I guess. But like you said, the magic word in there, it starts with an M, right? And boatload <laughs> yeah, in front of the it. Answer to, <laughs> the answer to all your questions is always money. Yeah, just to say it's not about the money, it's about the money. So, Tom, uh, let's go back to last night. Um, look, there's this, 
a lot of folks are, this is a death knell. Uh, Iowa's tournament hopes took a significant blow. Yes, it it certainly didn't help losing. Uh, I I can't put them on life support just yet, despite the fact they lost to Michigan, which I think is a better team than the record indicates. Your thoughts on the loss and and, uh, what it does to Iowa's postseason hopes? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I'm – been you know kind of looking at all of it in the last couple of weeks just writing a weekly thing about where they kind of stand based on what the bracket experts think but you know there's there's definitely holes in iowa's resume because yes. they don't have any quad one wins i mean there's just no it's a weird resume but there's some other weird resumes out there like you know Rutgers. i think's got what eight quad one wins mm-hmm. now but they've got a quad four loss and a quad a couple quad three losses you know that there's just some – it's going to be interesting to see how the committee values quad ones versus bad losses. The good news for Iowa is they don't have any bad losses, but they don't have any good wins either. And I was looking at Ken Palm last night, and based on Ken Palm's rankings, Iowa's best win is Indiana at 46. That's what you said, Trent, to um, start yeah, the show. Yeah, it's crazy. So they've got to get um, one of these next two. If they go bagel three with this mm. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State thing, then I think things get kind of dicey for Iowa because I think at that point, yeah, you, you beat Northwestern, you beat Nebraska, congratulations. But then you've got to go on the road and beat Michigan or Illinois, I think, or you got to beat somebody of significance in the Big Ten tournament um, to, to really secure yourself. Otherwise, you're very, very much on the bubble. The one thing that still remains, as you mentioned, that was getting a quality win in there. And I just can't see. Every year it feels this like the selection committee. When the chair is up there, they talk about, who have you beat? Have you beat a tournament team? And if that goose egg remains, I don't care what the metrics say. I don't care what Nat says. I don't care about Ken Palm. Even though I like those metrics, you got to have something of quantity. And if you go into an NCAA tournament and you have no quality wins, beat no NCAA tournament teams... I just don't see a way that they can put them in. I just don't, regardless of what computer numbers say. Yeah, and there's, you know, they've got some possibilities of teams that could, you know, sneak into being a quad one win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Indiana got going a little bit, you know, they're floundering, but, you know, that thing's fluctuated back in there and then back out again. Um, Utah State, Virginia. Uh, but I don't even think either of those two teams are NCAA teams. No. I, don't, I don't know that Indiana's a NCAA team at this point either. So, you know, that's the problem is there's not many NCAA teams that are left on the schedule that are realistic win. You know, other than, you know, they've – boy, it just makes these uh, – guys, it just makes these next two oh, teams massive. just massive, yeah. and it's on – you know, short turnaround. I mean, they're you know, we were talking to the guys last night, and they're like, you know, basically less than forty-eight hours. They're going to be playing in Columbus, Ohio, from when we were talking to them, and that's that's a tall task going there against a really good Ohio State team. So, how will they handle it, Tom? Obviously, they they leave the arena last night. They're back today, looking at the watching the tape of the game, and then headed to the airport and uh, before flying to Columbus for maybe a shoot around at some point tonight. What will you know? What's that period of time between last night and uh, and leaving for Columbus? What does it entail? You know, they um, we've talked to Fran about it, and they had pretty much done the the 
complete scout and gotten them ready for Ohio State a couple weeks ago. So uh-huh. there's really not a lot new there. So it's not like they've got a cram uh, for, for the exam, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were going to practice today a little bit, just kind of go through some things on the court. Probably very light. I don't think they'll do any like you know strenuous stuff because that was a you know pretty uh, aggressive game last night, and you had Keegan Murray cramping up and everything. So, um, and then they're going to take off. I think about three thirty for Columbus. So I don't know if they'll go right to um, the arena and and maybe shoot around a little bit, or if they just go to the hotel, get off their feet, and and uh, and get ready to play tomorrow afternoon. Of course, haven't seen this Ohio State team. EJ Liddell, I think most everybody knows him. What else do you know from the Buckeyes? And I mentioned this earlier. Jake Arns is terrible for 28 games a year. The two against Iowa seems like he always goes off. Outside of that, what do you see for the Buckeyes? Yeah, yeah, the Arns kid is always just, you know, he just kills Iowa. And I don't know why that is, but he just uh, um, uh, kills him. They you know, the young guy's still still there, and he always gives them trouble. You remember he hit the big three last mm-hmm. year. Um, Zed Key. They're just, yeah. yeah, Zed Key's tough in the yep. post. Um, uh, the Branham kid, the, the younger player, freshman, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a really good team. I mean, that this is a, a Ohio State team that kind of dismantled that Michigan team up in Ann Arbor about a week they ago. They did. What did you say the uh, the the line projector will beat uh, Trent? A four, four Buckeyes. Hawks four. getting four. What what's more likely, Tom? Saturday or Tuesday that it ends up in the Hawks' favor? Tuesday. I'm not sold on Michigan State. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. Michigan State's very good. I think they've. I I just think this is a this, that you know what Michigan State is. Michigan State's the team that. Uh, that'll make the tournament, and when you're filling out your bracket, yeah. pencil them in for a first-round loss. Yeah. It's yeah. going to go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Either first-round loss or they're going to make a run to an Elite Eight. Not a whole lot of in-between, yeah. it seems like, with Sparty. Like, like Syracuse yeah, every right. year. You know? yeah. Get in as 11 seed, make a run to the Elite Eight, and Beheim's done that a whole lot here recently. Over to a little football with you, Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Ken O'Keefe, no more as a quarterback coach, but pretty cushy landing spot yeah, he's just going to help out a little bit and still get his full salary. A full salary? Yeah, no, not bad work that. if you can get it. Wow. Well, I think that's just for the rest of the year. Gotcha. Um, because so, so I think, June, I think right? coaches' contracts go from, like, July 1 to June 30. Yeah, I think so, too. So I think that's what the, what's going on here is he's, they're just going to fulfill the rest of the contractual obligation that they have with him for this year and then – He's probably going to ride off in the sunset a little bit, but or maybe he's going to hang around Iowa City like Reese Morgan. I mean, Reese Morgan in the football office yeah. just about every day. I see him, you know, every time we're in there, I see Reese Morgan wandering through the football office, and you know, he's he's still doing stuff there, and he's been retired for a couple of years. Yeah. So the, this is an interesting hire because I had heard some stuff that maybe they might look for a quote unquote quarterback guru, whatever that means, but perhaps. Um, uh, Kirk is looking to, um, you know, improve the the teaching at the quarterback position. Not that Ken was a bad teacher, but he was not a kind of a quarterback guru. He was more of an offensive guy who um, just kind of knows how to knows how to teach the position and and reading things, and but not the technical side of footwork and and those sorts of things. So um, I think that's 
what they're going to look for, and it's going to be interesting to see what direction it goes. Any names, Tom, that you've heard floated around? No, just everybody's kind of thrown, you know, the David Rise, and, yeah. you know, I, I threw out Tony Rassiopi just because he made some sense, just because he's kind of a quarterback guru, uh, and he's the guy that uh, kind of got hooked in with Iowa when um, when he started working with Nate Stanley for the draft prep, and then he's taken on Spencer Petrus and happens to also work with their 2023 quarterback, Marco Linez. So um, it made some sense, at least from a logical standpoint. But And he was pretty tight with Ken. Uh, he and Ken got to be pretty good friends. So um, I just I thought, well, maybe there's something here. But Rassiopi said there's, you know, he, he's interested, but, you know, there's it's not like there's anything that's been done. He hasn't, you know, gotten a call from Kirk that, hey, we're, want to interview you or anything like that at this point. So you have a quarterback that struggled, Spencer Petrus. And yeah. what's going to unlock this Iowa offense is bring in the guy that's been working with him? <laughs> it just, that's tough to swallow, Tom. It's really difficult to swallow if they're going after Tony Rassiope after the work we've seen him do with Spencer Petrus. Well, maybe if he's working with him on a daily basis, it gets better. That's well, it can't get worse. I think of because... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, that's the thing. If he's, maybe it, it, um, he's better with him there every day, you know, not just for, because he's only really spent two weeks with him. Sure. You know, like two weeks working with him over the course of, like, basically like two years. So it's, it's not like he's, uh, in his, uh, living room every day. Uh, so maybe that would, would help unlock something. I suggested the other day that maybe they even look grander and find a quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator, much like they did with when Brian Ferentz was the offensive line coach before he became the offensive coordinator. He was also given the title eventually of run game coordinator. I, I just think they might need some fresh eyes on that passing game and kind of the route trees and all that stuff that, to make it easier for the quarterbacks. Uh, last thing for me, Tom. Uh, Tom Kankert, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Uh, the, maybe the big story from the from the conference is obviously the, uh, the the numbers that are being floated out there as far as compensation uh, once the contract is renewed and all of the potential network suitors that are in play for the uh, for the Big Ten. Uh, we're hearing billion on a yearly basis with a B uh, in a north of a billion dollars. Tom, this is incredible money. Um, when do you think we'll know, and um, do you think that number's realistic? I know I saw some of the uh, reports think that they're going to try and get this done by September, by the start of the season. So um, I thought, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of people who are interested in them. And it could come to pass, guys, that the Big Ten is kind of done with the ESPN and um, move on to doing games on NBC and or maybe it's just uh, you know maybe some weekday uh, weekend or weekday basketball games and stuff like that on on ESPN. Uh, maybe it's just a small little slice that that goes there. But it seems like NBC is talking to them. CBS is going to have that opening uh, and where they've had the SEC forever, um, and that's a good window. Um, will they look to? Maybe one of the streaming services, like uh, you know, an Amazon please Prime, no. who's going to have NFL games. <laughs> yeah. I know. Please, no for me too. It's <laughs> right. a, it's a no. It's a no for me. Yeah. But you know, if it, but if it's going to give you uh, 
you know, every every school is going to get uh, $10 million because of it, mm-hmm. then you kind of change your tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Swallow hard. And that's what you got to accept. Remember, the answer to all your questions <laughs> is always money. That's yeah. what it always comes back to. We'll get you out with this little recruiting news. Alex Mata, kid from Marion, commits today. One of the big targets, I know, in state this year. But earlier in the week, uh, take us inside Chase Brackney, three-star. But, boy, he had some big-time offers already. What can you tell us about the defensive lineman from out in Colorado? Yeah, uh, Motus was a, you know, it seems like they kind of changed their tune with him. They were looking at him as a defensive back, and then, his thing says uh, wide receiver, so I think they're going to give him a crack there, and I think that's what really kind of got him off the edge. Uh, Rackney's interesting because uh, same high school, Padilla, and trained with Jordan Bernstein. So I think that's interesting that he's kind of been exposed to Iowa a little bit, and he picked up a ton of offers recently. I mean, USC was one of his offers in the last month or so. Uh, but he was pretty sold on Iowa. Jordan says he's a perfect Iowa guy. So, um, and now, you know, Iowa's really focused on the in-state kids. They're looking at, you know, the black kid at Urbandale um, and uh, uh, Patton at Roosevelt uh, for you guys in, in, in kind of your neck of the woods that they're really zeroing in on, on trying to own the state. And then also, obviously, the biggest fish. Southeast Polk, mm-hmm. Caden Proctor. He is indeed a big fish, no <laughs> doubt about that. Tom Caker and Hawkeye. A really big fish. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Need a bigger boat for that one, right? <laughs> oh, man. I hope they need a bigger boat. He would look good staying in the state, no doubt about it. Tom, great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Tom Caker. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Tom Caker HawkeyeReport.com. So we go inside the Hawks. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.ro.com. Before the hour of 11, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. If you don't have plans for lunch, uh, if you are looking to head out for lunch, Jethro's locations throughout central Iowa. So this contest that all four local shows Mm -hmm. are up against one another, this is how it works. So... Um, the morning rush. They were out at the uh, on on twenty second in West Des Moines yep. for their breakfast sandwich, and that breakfast sandwich was on the menu for I think three weeks. Okay, and the and it was at all of the Jethro's that were open at that time, uh, and they tallied how many sandwiches they saw. Gotcha. They, they sold. Now, Murph and Andy have debuted their, what do they call it? The, the shoe. shoe. Yes. Last week. A Central Illinois Delicacy. Central Illinois Delicacy. So, and that is on the menu on Fridays. It's only on Fridays mm-hmm. for three weeks. So t- today you can buy the Murph and Andy shoe for $10.63. Gotcha. We will have our turn mm-hmm. broadcast. I think we're at Ankeny. We are, yeah. And then. Short drive for you. Right, I'm sure you probably. Put that I one didn't in. twist yeah. it. I, I might have made a suggestion. Uh, the the Miller and Condon Barba Stew, yes, which is going to blow everybody away. You love this thing. We will win the contest. It's that good. Yes, Ooh-hoo-hoo. it is. All right. Um, and then the fanatics will get their opportunity, and they'll be out there, and they'll their menu item will appear for three weeks. So whoever sells the most of their specialty item, mm-hmm. that item actually gets put on the menu. Oh, full-time. Full-time. So they're not going to write songs about us, but they're going to put us on the menu. That's pretty good. That is good. 
What do, what do you think the fanatics are come up with? Like a uh, piece of Texas toast yeah, with whiskey on it? They're going to mail it in. I, we don't have to worry about them. Okay. Yeah, we don't have to worry about so them. So no, yeah, no there worries. There will be alcohol involved. You're right, right. Right? We'll, 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 they have no chance. Here's a chicken wing and a shot. Right. <laughs> yeah, there, there will be alcohol involved. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Are you going to let people know what is all involved with the military? Well, I, I don't want to rain on the. I don't want to make it sound uh, like okay. I'm trying to sway the. Uh, sure. So when it is our turn, mm-hmm. we'll do the full court press. Yes. But right now it's Keith and Andy for another couple of weeks and um, their attempt at uh, what are they, a Southern Illinois specialty. Yeah. They named it after a shoe. Oh, it's called a shoe. It's called a shoe. Yes. So instead of the Murph and Andy show, Murph and Andy shoe. So when it comes to, you know, when you're thinking about lunch, isn't like a shoe the last thing? Would, that, that's where I would go. Right? Doesn't sound the most appetizing or right, appealing. Right. I had a shoe. You just wait. We got something. Absolutely. It's good. So we will uh, we'll get our turn, and then that will be the special on Fridays for three straight weeks. And we'll sell a whole bunch of them, and they'll be we'll we'll make their menu. At least that's the hope, anyways. That's the plan, right? Indeed, it is. All right, uh, coming up in hour number two, we'll head to Vegas. Mike Palm, Circus Sports. Uh, were you surprised that the state of Iowa's numbers came in belows last year's Super Bowl tally? I, I was. was shocked because it feels like momentum is built. Every a whole lot other more. state surpassed that we've seen so far. Yeah. surpassed last year's numbers. So do you have a theory? Because no. when you said yes. that to me this morning, yes, uh, they have a theory, and I guess I can buy into it. Lack of a regional team because we had Kansas City. Kansas last year. City, sure. A lot of Chiefs. Do you state. buy that? No, it's the it's, Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Right. Everybody, not everybody. A lot of folks have at least one sports wagering app, right? And we came below that number last year. Not significant. So it was 16.3 last year. It was 16.275. Okay. So it wasn't like we... But still, we didn't surpass. I was surprised. That is surprising. You know, I'd have bet a lot of money, speaking mm-hmm. of betting, uh, that it would have gone over. And no like the rest of my bets, gone down in flames. No regional team. Huh? No regional team was what, uh, was what they're... Not still, spin. Still a lot of money. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, we will come back with uh, Mike Pond from Circus Sports. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. They've got a big one at Oklahoma. Women as well tomorrow. He will join us at 1125. Miller and Condon, an hour to go on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.